Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am John Crevillian, your your usual unusual host, and I am here joined by Steve Freitag. How are you, Steve? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm usual. I I, Uh, no, we we we've established your your usual passing. Um, (laughs) What's that? I don't know. I was just going to let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But anyway, we're also joined by Mary Carlton. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Very good. Love and life. Thanks. Excellent. Excellent. Well, here we are again. Back at it. We have school going on, like we talked about last week. Students are getting along, getting things figured out. And uh, we're we're here, ready to go. What do you guys want to talk about today? What's What's been on your mind lately? I think one of the things that keeps coming up in sessions for people is this this deep sense of loneliness. I thought that would be a good topic for us to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Especially these days, right? I yeah. mean, it, it was an issue before COVID, but certainly during COVID. I remember my daughter, one of my daughters, after like the first nine months of COVID, she said, I'm realizing just how important my family is to me. Hmm how much I miss you guys. And she actually moved to be closer. So just that separation, feeling Mm -hmm. separated. Yeah. No, I totally feel that. And there's also like kind of a, um, what people are calling a loneliness epidemic among young men right now. Hmm. Like they're just feeling isolated. They don't feel like they belong anywhere. Um, You know, there's a lot of reasons contributing to that. So loneliness is a very solid topic. So. Hmm. Jerry, any thoughts on that? If we just kind of dive in uh, on the loneliness epidemic, uh, yeah, especially maybe your generation. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I do actually. I've thought about this a lot. Um, I think there's a few different things happening right now in culture that are uh, really alienating young men. Like a lot of things. I think like lots of you know, it's like this kind of feminist nonsense about toxic masculinity. You know, mm-hmm. about the fact that, you know, and there is a place for uh, addressing aggression that young men do experience, but that young women also experience. But that's not specifically toxic masculinity or toxic femininity. That's mm-hmm. simply toxicness. Right. You know, that's simply being toxic. But, you know, like young men are told that, you know, from an early age, you are not supposed to be the way that you are and your very nature is toxic and that you know like if you're growing up hearing that imagine what kind of problems you're going to have beyond that there's a lot more a lot of young men are told to repress their feelings a lot of young men are told you know like you're not a man if you feel these things or they're expected to be like you know it 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 needs to be okay to be like emasculated by some of these more aggressive woman types because you're a toxic man and you deserve it. That sort of thing. 
So these young men have learned, I can't say anything, I can't do anything, and I'm a problem either way. So they just keep retreating inwardly, and they don't really have a lot of, you know, good outlets for that sort of thing, you know? So they, it's created this loneliness epidemic where young men feel like they can't talk anywhere. They feel like they can't express themselves. They feel like they can't be angry about anything in the world because that's you know, about any injustice in the world because that's, that's just them being toxic males. I had a guy in uh, a small group, yes, literally a few days ago say, say to another guy, cause like our small group breaks off into genders, right? For prayer time. And I had a, one guy comfort, comfort another guy and say like, it's okay. You can talk about what's going on. There are no women here. Like, and he wasn't kidding. He wasn't saying that mm-hmm. as a joke. So like the state of young men is very alone, very numbed out by like drugs and video games, that sort of thing, just to keep them afloat or deal with their pain. So yeah, no, Mm -hmm. there's a lot that factors into it, but it results in a lot of very lonely men. Hmm. And the, the video games that, that are really aggressive, um, just in listening to you talk, John, it's, I can understand how that would be a big attraction, right? Just to, I mean, there's an aggression that God put in men. I believe that it's a protective thing. Mm-hmm. And if you have no way to express that, I could see how those games would be very, you know, a way to express those those feelings and what's inside of you. Well, and more often than not with these young guys, it's um, when they turn to the video games, right? It's not that they're turning to something that they can watch that's violent, you know, like it's mostly, hey, I can be in competition with other people. I can have like a team based game, you know, like, yes, it's around like firearms, but it's essentially capture the flag, you know, like no one actually ever dies. They're working together. You're talking with a bunch of guys who are in similar situations with you and you're competing. And I think more more so even than like the need for like aggression and protection, the need for camaraderie and com- competition are big things for young men. And if they can only find it there, then they're going to spend a lot of time there. So, yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. But anyways, loneliness, I, I've ranted enough about it, but yeah, it's definitely a problem for uh, for young men right now. So what are your guys' thoughts on loneliness? It, it just opens up a whole big can for me because I think you do need to deal with the lie-based thinking, and that's our specialty. But I also uh, am a big believer in healthy community. Mm-hmm. But. But certainly the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the tools that he uses, and very effectively these days, is to to isolate people. And and COVID mm-hmm. certainly did that. But even before COVID, like you said, Mary, there's a tendency to isolate, to, to just play video games or to, mm-hmm. yeah, just not engage with people because we're just so afraid of being exposed. We're so afraid of... Uh, I think one of the things that's in the John Eldridge Wild at Heart, I think it's in there where it talks about guys are just afraid of somebody tapping them on the shoulder and saying, I know who you really are. You're a mm-hmm. fraud. Mm-hmm. And so as long as we avoid getting that tap on the shoulder, as long as we avoid that kind of confrontation or yeah. potential for any kind of confrontation like that, we can hide in in and of ourselves. So 
on one level, we like to do that. We like to hide. We like to avoid. We like to stay stay away from those kind of things. And at the same time, it kills us. It's it's again, it's that confused traffic cop with one arm extended out saying, mm-hmm. stop, stay away. And then there's the other arm that's saying, please come to me. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, a pretty good picture of us in general. But when it comes to loneliness, it's that same kind of thing where, I, you know, there's a part of me that really likes my isolation because there I can be insulated from my pain. From there, I can avoid things. I can just be in my own head. And even though I don't like some of the thoughts in my own head, I'm not hearing it from anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's not getting pressed as hard as it might be if I was out there engaging in the world. But yet there's this ache inside of us that's God created that wants us to have connection, not only with him, but with others. We're created. That's mm-hmm. we're, Yeah, we're people uh, that are to be engaged with, with people, but then we get hurt. And part of it is we get we become so fragile and brittle emotionally that then it's, okay, whenever I do engage, it, I feel judged. I feel this. I feel that. And so mm-hmm. it's this cycle. If you want to engage, but then you're so when you're so brittle emotionally, it doesn't take much to 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 what it feel it feels like destroying us. Oh, I felt so bad when I was around them. It created all this anxiety. So I might as well go back mm-hmm. in my little cave. Yeah. And it's just it, yeah, it's a loop that's that leads to hopelessness, despair, uh, loneliness, and like, what's the point? Why was I even born? Yeah. Hi, this is Jenny. I've had the pleasure of connecting with so many of you this past year. We are grateful that you are part of the growing number who are listening to this podcast. More people are open to mental health than ever, but are struggling to find genuine peace. Those who come to Cross Council and enter into the melt process you hear us talk about find freedom from so many things, including depression and anxiety, and they are telling others. We are growing faster than ever, so I want to take a moment to ask for your help. We have never turned anyone down for their inability to pay for a session. Our team of donors is vital to keeping that a reality. Please join the team. The healing that happens through transformational prayer is profound. You will make a real difference. Please go to crosscouncil.com and click the donate button. Your generous monthly gift will change someone's life. And ultimately, who we need is Jesus, right? I I just think of sessions, you know, that I have with people and even myself when I dealt with some loneliness at the bottom of it was me reaching out to someone or something because I had a lack in my heart. And uh, when that, when I dealt with that lack, that feeling of lack, and I went to the memories of as a kid being one of 10 children being neglected, which parents were great parents, but that's going to happen being neglected, feeling like I was all alone with no one to understand me. When the Lord came into that place and and did what he did and just drew me into himself and it healed that place in me and made me realize I'm never alone, that really solved a lot of loneliness feelings that I was having. So ultimately, we know that the Lord needs to be that for every person. But in our society right now, it's becoming increasingly unsafe to be who you are. So to even find that affirmation in other people can be hard to do. And so close communities of friends or family or people that 
I'd like to say like-minded. That's not that we have to always be around people that are like us, but people that will love us and accept us for who we are. That's super important to find that place because without that, um, so much of our lie-based thinking about our value and worth is going to be triggered and our loneliness is going to push us into isolation. So, yeah, we all know what that looks like and we all know how healthy it can be to be in a community of people that accept us or that not just accept everything we do, but when they see patterns or things that are hurtful to us or to others, that they're in a loving way, there's a way to bring that out and to come alongside someone to help them with something that that's happening that you know that they would want to get free from, but in a safe environment. So it's not that we accept everything people do, but we're, where iron sharp, sharpens iron, that's that's where the the gold comes out of us. But I do find that more and more with just the toxic environment out there to be anything, <laughs> that it's very hard to find safe places uh, just to talk and be who you are. And and even if you're wrong, to be who you are and be wrong and to not have someone, you know, want to stick a knife in your back. So, boy, that's a good reason or that's a good explanation for why the loneliness is is getting really very epidemic. Safe places are hard to find. Right. I, I can't count the amount of times people have gone to memories where they're laying in bed alone. As mm-hmm. a kid, right? Because you usually, in this culture, <laughs> you sleep alone. You sleep in your own bed. There's a lot of places in the world where that's not true. I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then the chaos in the family, where boy, I don't. Hundreds of times, people have gone to memories where it's usually dad who comes home. He's drunk, starts screaming. Mom and dad have a fight, and and this boy or girl is just dreading what is going to happen because it can be hearing hearing violence of course the screaming and like this sense of powerlessness i can't do anything about it and they can't and it just seems like it always just funnels down to then i'm alone i'm helpless i'm weak so many of those things and we can we can spout the bible verses that say you know Jesus said he'd never leave us or forsake us. And you can have that that head knowledge. But until people get that sense from the spirit of Christ himself that they're okay, that it wasn't their job, they didn't have to fix anything, whatever that is, and they experience the presence of God in those places of pain, that starts to uproot things. We're on the playground. You can have all these kids around you, but I didn't know how to play kickball. Or I'm chosen not even last, second to last, third to last. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and, and just how that paralyzes people. So many different ways for the enemy, for the darkness to creep in. Yeah. And, and, and fears always at the bottom of the loneliness. It's all, they, they run together, but that, that loneliness thing is, it's an epidemic in our mm-hmm. culture, but it it's is. also an epidemic in our humanity. And <laughs> what did Adam and Eve want to do? Oh, I'd I'd rather run to the fig leaves and and be alone because I don't even so there's that that double edged sword too where I don't want God to find me I want to isolate myself and yet I'm created by God and want to know Him but there's a part of me that gets so skewed with he's he's just coming with condemnation and and mm-hmm. pain and wagging his finger at me 
that's really not the way it works. Wow. So different than how he really is, right? Right. I mean, he's the source of joy and life and peace. He's the one person that's the kindest that you'll ever meet anywhere and and the most accepting and the most loving. Wow. Yeah, there is such a wrong perception of him out there. And the whole idea that you have to do it yourself, that comes across a lot in sessions that I do. I have to figure this out myself. I have to make this happen myself. You know, stemming from as a kid, learning no one was going to do something to help me. So I had to figure it out myself. And that leaves you all alone because you're just a little kid. And there's no way you can solve those problems like the ones you talked about with alcoholism, Steve. So many situations where people grew up where they felt like, I'm the one that has to fix this. I'm the one that has to do it. So not relying on Jesus for all the things that he wants to give and all the burdens he wants to take can create just huge loneliness in people when it really doesn't have to be that way. You know, we sympathize with people that are feeling that loneliness. And and I can't say I never feel loneliness. There's times when things happen or whatever the situation is that triggers this feeling that I can't even think of it right now, something, but I know that I do. And that's going to stem from lie-based thinking that I still have to deal with. So we get it. And if you're feeling lonely and loneliness is a big part of your life, let us help you get free of that because that's debilitating. That's like a weight that you feel like you're always under. And the, and, and the thing the enemy tells us is that no one's going to understand or that everyone's going to reject me or that I'm just going to get judged if they really knew or that I'm weak and pathetic because I'm feeling this. Shouldn't I be like everyone on Facebook that's got all these great pictures and, you know, looks like everything's going well, you know, Facebook is a great way to make people feel lonely, to trigger that loneliness. Yeah. So, yeah, that sometimes the enemy tells people those lies to keep them from getting help. But we're a safe place to land, like Steve has said. And uh, we really want to help people that are wallowing in that. Right. but and And I think we are a safe place to land to deal with some really difficult things, not just to... <laughs> avoid whatever it is but there are places that aren't a safe place to land and you can't avoid that there might be some place like again not to bring up covid but to bring up covid there's been a lot of disputes in churches there's been a lot of uh, broken relationships and so some people are like well i'm i'm done with the sunday morning thing and i get that and i'm not i don't think you have to be engaged in a local church to have a great relationship with jesus it just i think uh, I, I think the church is there to serve in the kingdom. I don't think the kingdom serves the church, but that's a whole mm-hmm. other podcast. But I think there are people that avoid going back to church because there are people they disagreed with because, or even things mm. they saw on Facebook, mm. but they're lonely and they're hurt, but they don't engage. And that just perpetuates the pain. Mm-hmm. And then we even have arguments with people in our heads. Well, you know what? If I show up at church, they're going to give me this look, and then I'm going to feel even worse. Well, you don't, you don't know what that look necessarily means. Mm-hmm. But it's really important to engage with people that maybe you had disagreements with, or maybe they did hurt you. 
but you're hurting yourself by avoiding those things as well. But to voluntarily take those things on and say, that's not whatever the issue is between me and, and this person or this group, it's it's what my mom used to say. Don't cut off your nose just to spite your face. <laughs> you can Google yeah. that if you don't know that saying. I will not Google that. I think all moms. Well, yeah, do you might that don't do images. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's an important saying. Like, don't don't do this one thing to avoid. You know, you're just going to hurt yourself mm-hmm. by doing that. That doesn't mean that you have to go back to the same group or the same church or whatever, but, but don't isolate yourself, mm-hmm. reach out. But there's, again, that goes back to the transformational thinking. It's the more that I allow the Lord to strengthen my heart, the more that he uh, makes me sturdy and secure, the more I can engage with people. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't have to just be a victim of what I perceive mm-hmm. their thoughts are toward me. Because yeah. Jesus never would have come if, if that was the case. He knew that people were out to get him. They they tried to chase him off a cliff. They tried mm-hmm. to stone him. Ultimately, they did crucify him. Mm-hmm. But he voluntarily confronted those things. And then, well, he did escape at times when it was necessary for him to, to run. But that was when his, yeah, the timing of the father was not at hand. Mm-hmm. And if you're struggling with confronting those situations that you know you need to, so you're just avoiding, come in and let us help you. It feels so good to be free of that fear and to be able to do something courageously. And what it does is it actually heals two people, mm-hmm. not just you when you do that. Healing can come because the other person may have felt like you were judging them or that you didn't love them or whatever it is. It brings healing and restoration. It destroys that assignment of the enemy, if you will, to divide and and to cause people to be separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just as we close, just even when it comes to marriage conflicts, there really aren't marriage problems. There's people problems. Mm-hmm. That's from Andy Stanley. He might have stole that from somebody else. I'm not sure. But a lot of people won't come in until, unless their spouse comes with them. And that that's what's ideal is to have them both come in straight up. That's, I think, what's the best. So don't let your spouse's reticence in coming prevent you from dealing with the stuff that God wants to change in you. Because it is very possible that the more that you confront whatever it is inside of you, the more that will help the marriage. It doesn't deal with your spouse's issues, but it's very possible. And I've seen this happen before too, is that the more that one spouse is vulnerable and allows Jesus to transform them, that encourages the other spouse to say, Hey, what's happening inside of you? Maybe I need to check this place out and get some freedom from myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The answer is always connecting with Jesus. For sure. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends, and look for us on social media. The world will become a much better place and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by his truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody.